Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So we're going to be in Psalm 16 today. To get us started, I want to uh, show you a paragraph. I was just writing some thoughts down for a series Uh, that we're kicking off this weekend, but I wrote these thoughts like three months ago when I was thinking about starting a series on joy. Okay, so these are not perfect thoughts, but it was some of the things that were in my mind. So it says, joy seems to be in decline. This was probably late December, early January. Need for medication is increasing, seems to be anyway. It feels like our best attempts at happiness have to do with either daydreaming about some future vacation or experience. Have you ever done that? Life's hard now. Well, let's just pretend. Let's look into the future and daydream about when it has to do with that. Or experiencing a really short-term buzz of some kind. Or an evening of mind-numbing Netflix. And then I finished up these thoughts with, there must be a better plan. Now, that was all pre-COVID-19. Can we just admit that our pursuit of happiness or our experience of happiness or joy is at least a little more challenged now than it was three or four months ago? Because now we're trying to figure out what, how to work from home or how to not work at all and make ends meet. Some of us are living in close quarters with our family way more than we were ever prepared to do. We're homeschooling our kids and all that's adding to the challenge of having joy in our life. You add to that the little stressors, the moments of, of uh, irritation that at least I hear people having, and I'm having some of them myself. A uh, friend was telling me that they've been, uh, they've been uh, released from their job, and so they're trying to file unemployment, and they've spent hours and hours just being on hold with a governmental office trying to figure out some of the details. And at one point, they had been on hold for an extended time, over a couple hours, if I remember right. And then their phone, like, someone got on the phone and said, hey, and this is what the person who actually finally picked up the phone said, could you hold? And the person said, my friend said, "Uh, yeah, I guess. And they just put them on hold for like another two hours after that, how do you know we're facing some of those situations where, at least for a few of us, our joy meter is pretty low? Personally, yesterday, my wife and I canceled our 30-year anniversary plans that we had been hoping for years. Uh, uh, have any of you ever put off anniversary plans like you say, someday we're going to do this. Oh, and then we won't do it this year. And then, well, on our fifth year anniversary, on our 10th year anniversary. So we've been putting this off forever. And so we finally made plans. I'll just tell you what it was. We made plans 
to fly to Hawaii and see some family friends that we've not seen in forever. So our 30-year anniversary, we were going to go to Hawaii. What? Well, that ain't happening now. This is supposed to be the beginning of May. So all those things are creating this challenge to experience and keep our joy. So here's a question to begin with. How do we have or keep our joy in the midst of this life? Now, can I emphasize something? This is not just some COVID-19 situation. This challenge existed before this. This challenge will, will, will exist after we're through this season. But it, right now, it seems as challenging as any time. How do we have and keep our joy in the midst of this life? Did you know that joy is mentioned almost 250 times in the Bible? That's a lot. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with, everybody say gladness. Say it right there in your pajamas. <laughs> say gladness. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Okay, I'd like to do that. In Psalm 16, where we're going to land here in a moment, it says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. That sounds great. Now, just a note, biblical joy, or what God offers us in terms of joy, is not just connected to our outward circumstances. Because in James chapter 1, verse 2, it talks about a pure, look at this, it talks about a pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face or whenever in the midst of trials of many kinds. So there is a pure joy that we can have that's beyond whether our COVID-19 days are going well or not. There is a pure joy that is there somewhere that we can have. I want some of that. So hold those thoughts. That's why we are jumping into a series for the next several weeks called Discovering Joy. And we are going to look at principles that will raise the level of joy in our lives. Whether you're doing pretty well, whether you're exceptional at joy, these are ways that we can keep it going. And especially for those of us who are struggling or have significant serious challenges, emotional challenges, and struggle to have joy, we're going to talk about some huge keys to making that emotional state better. And uh, today we're going to begin with Psalm 16, that uh, we're going to do something unusual. Typically, I would just read parts of it that apply to our topic. But hey, what else are we going to do, right? A lot of us are at home. We're going to read the entire psalm, Psalm 16. The last verse includes our theme text for the series. But let's just read the entire psalm together, shall we? Did you say yes? Yes? Here we go. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. 
I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who, ah, this is those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. And then here's our theme verse. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So again, title of our series is Discovering Joy, and I want to just lay a foundation from this Psalm 16. By the way, there's more than these two thoughts in the psalm, but I want to look at two thoughts from this psalm that will increase or help us find joy. So we're going to pray now, but will you do something significant to just join with me in prayer? If you're seated, would you stand? If you're with someone there, I mean, you're living with them anyway, would you put your hand on their shoulder? We're going to pray not just about today, but we're going to be praying for the next five weeks. God's going to increase our joy level. Let's pray. God, we pause before you right now. We just say, come, Lord Jesus, into this talk. And into every talk that we have about joy, I pray that you would give us phenomenal wisdom. And we pray for the people, if we're with someone to our right and to our left, that this would be a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use it, a life-changing series for us. Not just for our sake, but the, so that we might represent you a fairly joyful God, one who gives us joy that we might represent you into a world that is kind of needing help. Talk to us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for praying. I know a lot of you pray along with me as I pray those prayers. So two things, keys to finding joy. The first one from the text, joy is found in connecting with God. How many of you know that was common? Joy is found in connecting with God. We talk about this so much, but I'm going to talk about it again today because I think that God, I'm going to try to bring motivation for us to connect with God because connecting with Him, there are, there are some promises and realities that really will affect our joy. Sometimes we connect with God for different reasons. I would submit to you, connecting with God will affect our joy. I already mentioned that this book, right, that describes God, this is his written word to us about who he is and his instructions for our life, almost 250 times 
this scripture mentions joy. And here's an observation I just made this week. That's eight times more than, than this book mentions being downcast or sorrowful. Did you know this book, when I did a, 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 a search for depression or depressed, at least the way I did the search, it, that didn't come up one time. So and I, somebody else did some searches and they found it a couple ways. But what I'm saying is this book that describes God emphasizes or represents him as a hopeful, mostly joyful God. Let's, let's, let's look at Galatians chapter 2. No, Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit. Get in touch with what kind of an emotional feeling this brings as I, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, which is a manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, when the Holy Spirit shows up, what does it feel like? What does it do? And here's what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, those sound like pretty emotionally happy things. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. All, are, all of those are pleasant, emotional places. And by the way, the second one on the list, the second characteristic of the manifestation of the Spirit is joy. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. God's emotional state is pretty positive. If you want to write down, God, God's pretty positive. You know, not one time have I ever gotten up in the morning, started a Bible time, and said, good morning, God, and had him say, yeah, what's so good about it? <laughs> See, even the thought of that sounds foreign. It doesn't mean God doesn't have challenges or there are not times when he is frustrated or ang angry or because there's some of that in the scripture. But generally speaking, he's got a pretty positive attitude. And what I'm going to try to make a case for is if we get with him, that hopeful, joyful attitude will rub off or affect us. You have a happy friend. Some of you are like, no, we're all just cranky. No, really. Do you have a happy friend? I thought of one of the ladies at the church. Her name's Shelly, and here's a picture of her. And she generally, she has said, if not this exact sem sentence, something almost just like this. She has said to me, I don't know how many times, I wake up every day with a positive outlook. That's just who Shelly is. And I remember as I got to know her a little bit at the church, I, my, at the beginning I questioned, like, oh, come on. But as I've watched her, it's true. And then my other thought is it helps me if I connect at all with her. Me talking to her affects my outlook and attitude. I've got another friend. His name is Carl. Carl, buddy. Sometimes Carl tunes in. Hey, buddy. During this corona time, I have connected with Carl Morrill and more in the last uh, month through phone 
than before because just talking to Carl affects my emotional state. And those two examples are people with good attitudes. Oh, how much more could our joy be affected by connecting to the Lord of the universe who has hope and joy? That's the thought. Can we run to the cross for just a moment? Jesus Christ died on the cross that we might have relationship with God. Are we taking advantage of the opportunity to be in the presence of, the, of a positive, faithful, hopeful God? Are you? Have you ever considered... The emotional boost that people generally had after encounters with Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. And before he came to know Jesus Christ, this is not a bad description. If this is pretty accurate, he was a violent, critical Christian killer. That's not a happy guy. But later, we, that same man, after coming to know Jesus, says this in Philippians 4.11. He wrote this. He says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul's like saying, I'm good. Have you, ever, you know anybody? We say, hey, how's it going? He's, I'm good. Paul is, I'm good no matter what the circumstances. He goes on to kind of repeat it again. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And you know what the secret is? He goes on in the next verse and he says it. You know what the secret is to contentment in any, no matter what the circumstance, Paul is good. Why? His secret is, I can do all things through him. He's connected to God and that is affecting his attitude toward life. Connection with Jesus changes our attitude. Wait, wait, let me, by the way, diligent connection with Jesus affects our emotional state. I am not talking about whether you prayed a prayer uh, three months ago or three years ago to receive Jesus as your Savior. What I'm talking about is connecting, living, walking in his presence. That's what brings us hope in life. Another example comes from Matthew, no, Mark chapter 5. By the way, this story is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the story of the man who's, <laughs> he's really kind of messed up emotionally. Not a happy guy. He's living in a cemetery, hanging around the tombs. Uh, he's so emotionally distraught. This is my interpretation because he, he doesn't wear clothes. So he's so emotionally messed up. What I, uh, my bachelor's in psychology and I uh, did some work in, hosp in a hospital for a while. Some people are so bound up emotionally and messed up that they just like, Clothes even make them feel too trapped. And so they, okay, this guy's living in a cemetery, can't even keep his, won't keep his clothes, too, too uncomfortable. And here's what it describes what he does. It says, night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would, look at this, this is a sad guy. He'd cry out, feel this. He'd cry out. And cut himself with stones. This is not a joyful person. The word there for cry out, it 
implies inarticulate shouts that express deep emotion. I mean, some of you, I'm, I feel a burden for you now because you've been there. You are so distraught inside, you just groan. This guy's in a horrible place. But he has an encounter with Jesus. And by the end of the, account, the encounter, it describes him as, it says, the people that saw him who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. Yay! That's a guy who's a lot happier than he was an hour or two before. Can I bring something just to emphasize? Because I think we're missing something culturally right now. We think that, some, that somehow if we just do, do a little Bible time or we listen to a devotional, that will somehow uh, uh, miraculously transform our life. Now, those are good practices and disciplines. But if you want this kind of transformation of your head of this direction and now emotionally you're another, it will take oftentimes more than a three-minute devotional. This guy had a power encounter with Jesus. Jesus settled in, did spiritual warfare. Are you hearing this? Sometimes I think our cultural emotional state, which is on de in decline, it, it, we're there because we take such a lazy attitude towards spiritual things. We don't engage really, come on, really we don't engage in enough spiritual disciplines to make much difference in our life. We tune into church. We, 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 we do some Bible. We read a chapter a day. A chapter a day. No, not, we don't even do that. Some of you are like, a chapter a day? Are you kidding me? How about if we assess our pursuit of God? Because how much we are passionately pursuing Him will affect the results that he pours out on us. In Psalm 42, if you bounce to verse 3, this is a guy who's in emotional distress. He says in verse 3, My tears have been my food. My tears have been my food day and night. That's a guy who's in trouble. But look at his approach to God in verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you. He is getting intentional about drawing near to God. He's panting for an experience with God. My soul, he says, thirsts for God. For the living God. And then he asks this question, when can I go and meet with God? If that passion and desire would just, you want a great prayer? God, increase my desire to meet with you. That will affect every area of our life. Our spiritual condition, physical condition, emotional condition is directly connected to how much do we tap into the creator of all those things. So let's finish up this point with this question. Am I connecting with God enough to change anything? Are you? Am I connecting with God enough to change anything? And I think in the midst of this COVID thing, this is the big push. Folks, 
connect with God. I know for me personally, I was just sharing this with a friend of mine. Uh, I, I need more time with God now than I needed uh, six weeks ago. So I've doubled my Bible time. Yesterday, I've got my phone now figured out and hooked up to my uh, vehicle so that uh, yesterday I listened to four or five chapters extra because I need a lot of God time right now. Am I connecting with God enough to change anything? Hey, some, something that you might want to consider. Uh, we're starting a Philippians class online this Tuesday. Jump in with that. That'll be good God time, connecting with Him and be able to interact with other people as well. You can uh, jump online and join that. It's free. I'm pretty sure it's just a free class. It'll be good. Okay, so the first point was joy is found in connecting with God. We're going to hit one more thing. You ready? One more thing. Joy is found in exploring fresh paths. Fresh paths. We're going to talk about the opportunity to not just stay where we're at, but to ask the Lord, God, what are new activities and new directions that you have in my life? In the text, it says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me, who gives me advice, who gives me direction. And verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. Who wants to be on that path? The path of life. I want that one. Have you ever had a path that was not the path of life? We all have, haven't we? Here's a good question for us. Is my present path producing joy? Is my present path producing joy? And can I just tell you where we're headed? This point is a, is, 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 um, I just stuttered a lot there, didn't I? Is, 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 is going to be a push for personal responsibility to assess our path and ask God to put us on the right path. Because what the path that we're on, the road that we're on, will determine our destination. You know, the tomb-dwelling guy that couldn't keep his clothes on and was crying out with these inarticulate groans that expressed the pain in his heart? Can I tell you something? I would submit to you after he has the encounter with Jesus and then he's sitting there dressed in, in his right mind. If he goes back to the, to the old path that he's been on for years probably, if he goes back to the old path, can I tell you, three months from after this sitting dressed in his right mind or three years from that or 30 years later, you know where he'll end up? He will end up back in the cemetery, naked, crying out with inarticul inarticulate groans that cannot express because he'll be so messed up. Did you catch that? Our path makes such a difference. And Jesus came to, to give us, show us, <laughs> correct our paths. We have such a capacity to do stupid, to take stupid highways, don't we? I'm going to... I'm going to give you a text. 
that I don't know if I've ever used it in a talk before. It comes from Proverbs. It's just one verse, but it's pretty interesting to consider and picture in your mind. So the context is the, um, the writer is giving illustrations of what foolishness looks like. And he says in verse 11, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. So how many of you have read that before? As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. This is all very graphic for some of us because we have puppies. You have a puppy? Have you seen a puppy? You know what a puppy is? You know what a dog is? By the way, sometimes dogs, you think, well, eventually they'll grow out of this. They don't. They just remain dogs. And here's what it'll do. They'll eat something that wasn't good for them, and they'll get sick. And what do they do? They throw up, and then this is the gross part, right? So they throw up in your living room, and then you know what happens? Or they throw up on your deck or out in front of your, and then you know what? And then you'll see them. Have you seen them? And they'll be like, oh, gosh, Skippy's eating his own puke. Stop. What are you doing? And so you try to protect them from that. But they're like, no, I'm just going to eat it again. And here's, here's the horrible idea, the foolish idea. Look, Skippy, the dog, I don't know, whatever you call your dog, Titus, Hercules, Buffy. What are dog names? Joe. Okay. If it made you sick the first time, why in the world would you eat it again? A wise person wouldn't. How do you know this verse is not about dogs? It's about people, and it points out the incredible capacity that you and I have at times. You know what we'll do? We're trying to find the path of life, and we will do something, and it does not bring life. Right? It, it makes us sick. And well, what do we do? We just try it again the next day. We wake up and go, I don't know. Sometimes this, is, of course, leads to addiction. So we just, we should have learned, by the way, if I want joy in my life, I, I binged on Netflix for four hours yesterday. Did that actually bring joy? Well, no. But what are you going to do today? You're going to do it again. Now, can I admit, just confess to you, I don't think this is easy. My tendency is to be an idiot, puppy, and even though coveting things, looking at things, you know, like I think, well, if I just had a, if I just had a, uh, uh, you know, if I just had a motorcycle, and so I just look and I just think, oh, I just need one of those, those will make me happy, and at the end of that, am I any happier, happier after coveting a motorcycle? No, but what do I do the next day? Well, maybe it'll make me happy today, or if I just go do, does that make sense? Here is this huge opportunity that we have. This is huge opportunity. And I think maybe in the midst of this COVID-19 thing, we have a chance to reset some of the patterns of our life that are just lifeless. They're not the path of life. And they're at least foolish. And some of them are destructive. But in the midst of this shaking, what would happen if we came to God and say, I am open, Lord. Show me the right path financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Show me, be desperate and say, I am listening, God, for your direction on the path of life.
So here's the question. I don't think it's an overstatement to say it is a life-changing question. What new path is God directing me to try? And here's what we're going to do. We're going to move, I'm going to share just a couple things, but we're going to move into a time of pausing. Please do not get ready to exit. Because I'm going to be praying, we're going to be praying that God will begin to show us, to speak to our heart and our soul about new paths that will affect our joy. Now, a couple things I'm going to challenge you to do. One, uh, in whatever platform you're on, it should come up in the comments. Click the link. The link will say... <laughs> It'll say something. What new physics? Oh, the link will say, I need God's path. If you click that, you'll have an opportunity to give us just a little information and you will be on a prayer list. I will be praying every day this week and we're going to push it out to the intercessors of the church. We're going to pray for you that this week, God is going to show you new paths. All right, click the link, get ready to move into a time of prayer, and will you be with us every week of this series? Join in, tune in. Next week, we're going to talk about anxiety and worry and how that will mess up and steal your joy. If you want to read ahead, you can read in Luke 10, the story of Martha. But right now, we're going to go into several minutes of just prayer that God will begin to Show us new paths. Pastor Steve is going to lead us. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.